verse number 16. John chapter 11, verse number 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this night, Lord, that thank for each one is here, Lord. Thank for those, uh, uh, Lord, that's here. We thank you for those that are, uh, uh, Lord, just uh, are re ready to serve you, Lord. But we pray for those who are sick, Lord. Help us to be what we need to be. Help us to understand your words and let us receive it. And, Lord, just let us apply it to our lives, Father. And we'll praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. I know if you're a Bible reader, you're very familiar with John chapter 11, the raising of uh, Lazarus. And when we read the text here, we know this chapter is full of trouble, it's full of tears, and also full of triumph. Uh, thinking about Jesus going back to Bethany and the dangers that was involved. Uh, the disciples knew that Jesus was facing great danger. And to go back to this place, they were out to kill him. Lazarus was in a great need, but I think more than Lazarus was in need, but also Martha and Mary and the Jews and even the disciples were in need of themselves. The Lord is always thinking on higher plane than you and I. Jesus is about to go back to this place where Mary and Martha and where Lazarus is, and Jesus knows the outcome. He knows what he's taking, not only in the circumstances, but also in the hearts of men when you get to this verse 16. In verse 16, we see the characters here in this Bible called Thomas calls him out. We know Thomas, the character, he's the known as Doubting Thomas. There are a lot of things we may be known for, but one thing I do not want to be known for is being a Doubting Christian. Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas, so we see his character. We also see the crowd. The Bible said here, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples. Not, not Thomas has something that he wants to say. He's not saying it to himself. He's not saying it in private. But he said in the presence of all the other disciples. You know, you and I have got to be careful what we say in the presence of other people. Yep. Not just in the world, uh, uh, but even amongst ourselves, we need to be careful of what we say and how we say it. And, and also other believers. Yep. Thomas is thinking out loud. He, he's thinking out loud. And what he has to say, he is saying is in this presence of the disciples. The Bible said in Ephesians 4, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of their mouth, but which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto, unto here too. So when we say something, we have to be careful what we say and how we say it so that it will minister to the people that is listening to what we say. Then we see the comment that Thomas has made. He said, let us go that we may die with him. Now just think about what Thomas said here let us also go that we may die with him what is interesting about this comment that thomas was willing he was willing to go thomas was even willing to die but was not willing to believe 
He was not willing to believe. The danger of walking in unbelief, the danger of walking in doubt and preaching on this subject, the danger of walking in doubt. Thomas was willing to go. And we see his determination. Uh, we, he's willing to die. And we see his devotion. But Thomas was not willing to believe. We see the doubt in this text. And you and I have got to think about tonight. What good is it to go and serve God? What good is it even to, to be willing to die? But yet we doubt and don't believe God. One of our greatest sins is the sin of unbelief. Hebrews 12, 1 said, Wherefore, seeing we also compass about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every single weight and the sin that does beset us easily. I think there are a lot of things that besets us. I think there's a lot of things that get in our way, but the common denominator is when it comes to besetting sin in our life of a believer, we all struggle with it. Every one of us struggle with it. If you go back to chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's all about Faith, walking in faith with God. But when you get to chapter 12 of Hebrews, Hebrews, it's all about doubt. That besetting sin has to be unbelief tonight. And no doubt Thomas is in that place. He's willing to uh, do a lot of things, but he's not willing. The one thing he's a, a doubter will never do, and that will be believe. Doubters may serve God. Doubters may sing songs for God. Doubters may preach a sermon for God. It may even put in tithes in the offering plate. To, but there's one thing a doubter will not do. A doubter will never believe God. Doubting has a great effect in this verse. It has the effect on the men that's around him. The Bible said that when he said, he said to his fellow disciples that we have been a, a disciple, that have, there's, been not, there's been discouragement. There's been, they've been living in defeat, not living in doubt. But all of a sudden, because of Thomas, but now that has an effect on these men, those around him, our comments can have an effect on those that are around us. When we speak, you ever been around somebody that's always negative? Always negative. They're always in doubt. They're always in defeat. They're always discouraged. The only time is that they're happy is when they are miserable. They might have complain about their toe ache today, and, and next week is their back ache. And I'm not talking about people in the 80s. I'm 80 years old. I'm talking about young people today are complaining and doubters all they are. It's all about their trials and troubles that they live in. It has an effect on our mindset. On the men that is around him, he's never going to change his mind as long as he's talking like this. You know, as long as you talk about negative things, uh, and I'm not preaching on this higher plane of living uh, uh, or this positive thinking. I'm just talking what the Bible says. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, be of good vir virtue. If there be any praise and things, think on these things. The Bible said, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you dwell on that 
bad circumstances. You bail, dwell on that bad news. That's how you're going to live. Thomas is thinking about the circumstances that lies ahead in Bethany. And it has, he has to change his mindset. And that's within him. Thomas' words has an effect on the ministry that is before him. Thomas is going to have to get over his doubt. He's going to have to grow up. He's going to have to get to the place in his Christian life where his thought process is not struggling with discouragement, not struggling with doubt. Everybody struggles with it. John the Baptist struggled with uh, doubt, with discouragement. But it was not the theme of John the Baptist's life or the way that he lived his life. We live our life in faith and victory. And Jesus has got to get Thomas past all his doubt and all his discour discouragement. And he will never do anything for God with the bright kind of mindset he has. We have to be careful. I struggle with doubt. I struggle with discouragement, but we can't show it. You come in here on Sunday morning, and I start showing doubt, and I start showing uh, uh, defeat. Uh, and if you're a Sunday school teacher, you come in and start showing doubt, and you start showing defeat, and, and you start struggling with discouragement. It just shows on everybody else's face. He has to get to the point in his Christian walk, in his Christian life, where his thought process is not struggling with discouragement or struggling with doubt, but he has to get over it. And you can say, I, I've taught classes in defeat. Well, I've preached sermons when I've been in defeat. I've preached sermons when I've been struggling. I've been preached sermons when I was discouraged. But you can't go with what the discouragement is. You've got to do what God says. You've got to look at the people that's in front of you. And if you're showing discouragement, you're showing defeat, and you're showing doubt, that will reflect on them. You can't live there. You can't live in doubt. You can't stay there. Jesus has got to get Thomas past the point of spending your Christian life up and down, in and out, and there's no song in your heart. And all you're doing is doubting everything around you. We're going to have to face doubt time from time. There's no doubt about that. But choosing to live in it is another thing. I choose not to live in doubt. There's been times in my life uh, something was hanging over me, and, and I didn't want to there, but it was chained to me. And I, I just couldn't shake. I couldn't get rid of it. And I, it just started to uh, weigh me down, and I got to wondering why in the world's in. So it, it just kept on, kept on. It just uh, day in, day out, it was weighing over my heart and weighing over my mind. I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't do it. And finally I got to the point and said, I cannot live like this anymore. So I went to the altar and said, Lord, 
I am going to give it to you as of right now. I'm not going to walk in defeat. I'm not going to walk in a doubt. I'm going to walk in the faith of you and I'm just going to give it to you. I might have to get up in the morning and say the same thing, but I'm not going to let doubt and discouragement rule my life and I'm going to let God take care of it. Every morning you have to choose to live in faith and walk in faith instead of living in doubt and fear. Now can I tell you, when, you, when things like that happen and God delivers you, it's not the energy of the flesh, it's not in your ability, but it's the ability of God to remove through you. You don't have to be driven by the circumstances that you face in life. You don't have to uh, live your life in the doubt. Regardless of what we face, God is still on the throne. The Bible is still true. It's still going to turn out good in the end. Amen? I don't want... I don't know what lies ahead of me, but God knows what lies ahead of me. I don't know what I'm going to th- go through, but God knows what I'm going to go through. Even that He said, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even to the very end. And I know if He knows where I'm going, He's going with me. I can rest in peace for that. Amen. He will see you through, Thomas. He'll see you through your sorrows. He'll see you through your trials. He'll see you through your doubts. And he'll put a song in your heart and a smile on your face. Because he's able to do that. God gave victory in their circumstances. God can give you victory in whatever circumstances you may find. Whatever you may be going through. You may be fighting troubles up on one side down the other side. God is still going to give you victory. How do you overcome? Of walking in doubt. The danger of walking in doubt, if you walk in doubt, it will be become your lifestyle. Amen. It will be your lifestyle. You will live in doubt. Your testimony today will be, I'm happy today and tomorrow I'm sad. Today I'm joyful and tomorrow I'm grievous. The circumstances create a bitter taste, but joy will take the bitterness out of your soul. I've seen people go through sorrows. I've seen people go through trials and it left a bitter taste in their mouth. They couldn't shake it. They couldn't get over it. And it just seemed they'd been bitter and bitter. But I've also seen people go through worse bitterness and worse trials and worse sorrows and they came out on the other side not bitter but they had joy in their heart. Why? Because they didn't dwell on the doubt or the bitterness that was in their life. Don't dwell on it. How do you overcome it? Don't let it become part of your life how do you know you uh, get uh, bitter because you remember every detail of what brought bitterness into your life there are things back in our life that brought bitter experience we all can remember we've all faced them and it put a bitter taste in your mouth But by the grace of God helping us, we didn't have to dwell on it. We didn't have to think on it. It was just another one of those experiences of life. But when on we we pass on, we keep going, and today we might even think about it, 
but it, we don't dwell on it. It doesn't become part of our life. It does not get the best of us. How do you know you're bitter? It's when you sit down and start thinking about all the things that's happened in your life and that rage becomes back inside of your soul. You know you become bitter. And all you want to do is sit down and tell people every detail of what happened to you in your life. Can I tell you all tonight, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to hear every detail because if we do, I'm going to start throwing my details out there and we're going to be here an awful long time. So how do you overcome that? How do you overcome that, that doubt that Thomas was walking in? I believe he had to believe three things that Thomas failed to believe in the text. First, believe God's plan. Je Jesus had a plan. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said that his sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God m might be glorified thereby. Verse number 7 then after that said he to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. It is God's plan for them to go there. Now when it comes to God's plan, it can take the pressure off of ourselves tonight because my plan is not a good plan. If I'm trying to walk in my plan, I'm going to mess it up. But, but when I learn to just let God take care of my plan, let God lead my plan, I know that he's got something in store for me. He knows the end results from the very beginning. And he has the answers to every question that I have. Sometimes it's just our nature want to know the answers. I, I, I want to know what lies ahead. And that's what gets us in trouble when we start thinking, well, I, I won't, I won't, I, I want to know this. That's not God's plan. God's plan is you to put your hand in his hand and go with him and let him lead and guide you. You know, to remove that doubt in your life. We cannot see one second in front of the other, but we serve a God that knows everything. He has already been there. He has cleared the path and he's made a way for you and I. God's plan. I don't always understand what God has in store. I just need to hold his hand. I just need to walk by faith, not by sight. We want a good ending. We all, these things fall into place like we want them to fall in place. But can I tell you, that's not life tonight. It's just not going to happen that way. Life is a mystery. And that's constantly unfolding before our faces tonight. There are a lot of things in life I don't know. I have not the answer for them. I like to plan things out. I like to plan things out. In fact, if you serve God and work, as a, jo work a job, you have to plan things out. You've got to plan them out. Everybody has a schedule. Amen. You've got a schedule. You got a schedule. But God has a way of interrupting your plans and your schedule. He has a way of changing our plans. Uh, I don't know uh, that there are some things that don't like to change. I know people don't like things to change. They want to keep it the same way over and over. I, I kind of like keeping things the same way. But God has a way of changing things. But sometimes God's plans overrides what we want. 
and how we want it and the way we want it. But he knows the best. He knows the right way. The plan of God is always right. He'll never, never, he'll never lead you astray. He'll never lead you down the wrong path. And then can I tell you this? God's plan is the best place to be for you and I in God's plan. If you want to overcome doubt, just say, Lord, I trust in your plan. I, I may not know what's going on. I don't understand it. I sometimes have questions. But if it's left up to my hands, it may never get answered. But Lord, I'm just going to trust your plan. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm not going to doubt anything that you do. Because I know who you are. And I know what you've done. I know where you brought me from. And I know what you can do. Amen. Only thing we can do is trust God's plan. So trust, trust God's plan, but also believe God's person. Because Thomas in the text is not only doubting what, what Jesus said, he's, uh, he's also doubting who Jesus is. Jesus has the ability to raise the dead. Not only the, uh, the strange to this, Jesus has the ability. They're not, they, they've seen this. They saw Jesus uh, calm the storm. They saw Jesus feed the multitude. And Thomas said, let us go. Let us go. There, there's the question mark. Let us go. Let us also go that we may die with him. He, he's doubting who he is. I'm glad that God's plan always follows my plan. He don't always follow what I want. My plan is a depressing plan. And this plan right here said, let's go back to Bethany. And Thomas is thinking about this. This ain't right. Let's go back to Judea. Let's just go, go and die. That doesn't sound like a good plan to me. And it doesn't sound like a good plan to Thomas. He's doubting God's plan. But he's also doubting God's person. Jesus will never lead us in the wrong way. He'll never lead us in the wrong direction. He'll never take us down a path that has no purpose or goal. If the direction he's taking you in and I in, and it's not the direction that I plan or you plan, you can just trust the person of God. He'll never lead you astray. He'll never lead me wrong way. His path is the best path because he's on that path. I, I can trust the person of God. God, I am trusting you. If nothing else left in this verse, trust in the Lord, that is enough. But the verse says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. The key to that whole verse is acknowledging Him. When we pray, we're, we're praying in, about things. We're not informing God of something He doesn't already know because He knows everything. It is, we're not praying to impress Him with fancy words, but we're praying to invite Him into our lives that He may see. Your heavenly Father knoweth what things you have need of. 
but we're inviting God in our life when we pray. He already knows what you need. He already knows what you're going through. He already knows what you're facing. He knows that, but He wants you to pray to invite Him in your life to direct your life. I need you in my life, God, and I'm trusting in who you are. Job had to trust in Him. Though He slay me, yes, yet I will trust Him. Abraham had to trust Him when he had put Isaac on the altar. Just trust God's word and believe God. Believe God's plan, believe God's person, but also believe God's power. Jesus tells them Lazarus is dead. Now can you imagine Thomas and the way Thomas is thinking as they're walking back to Judea, Jesus then told him, Lazarus is dead. And I, I can see Thomas walking with the rest of them and saying, Why are we going? What is the use for us to go back there when you know that, hey, they're out to seek you, out to kill you? What good will it do for us to go down there and die? What good is it? You didn't realize God's power. The man's already dead. What can you do for him? What is the point? You know, sometimes serving God, it doesn't look like there's a point. Sometimes things that we do, we can look back, look pointless. Lord, why am I doing this? We serve God because we don't see the end of what God has in store for us. And we wonder why God is leading us down the path. Why is God having us to do this? Why, Lord, why am I doing this? It seems pointless to me. Why am I doing this? Because I can't see the end, but God can. You say it's pointless. No, trust God. Just trust God. God can take care of it. God is doing what you cannot see. God is working in an area you cannot work in. You don't understand it. You know your mind is a pretty good plan. It's, it's working good in my mind, Lord. I've got it all planned out. I know it. I can see it in my mind. But it's not God's plan. I've got to learn to let go of my plan. I, when I... When I first started, I wanted to be an evangelist. That was my plan. I, I wanted to be an evangelist. I wanted to go to churches and preach in churches and just leave. And not have to deal with anybody. I'll be on my own, out in the world, preaching these churches, getting them mad and leave. That, that, was, my, that was my whole mindset. I, my mindset is I, I'm going to be an evangelist. I ain't going to be tired. God had another plan. God had another plan. He called me out the pastor church, and I'm like, what in the world am I doing? So I pastored the church for 10 years, and we decided to come back here. I'm telling you, when I seen Florida in my rearview mirror, I said, Lord, I will never pastor another church. I ain't going to do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, my mind, my plan, God, I ain't pastoring another church. God had another plan. God had another plan. 
And I have to say, I love this church. I really do. I really love this. When they called me and said, come over and have a meeting, or come over and have a meeting, they said, you want the church? Well, i got to pray about it. i got to pray. No, they want to know. i got to pray about it. I said, I'll take it. I went home and I prayed, Lord, if you want me to pastor that church, you're going to have to do it. Because I've looked back over the years. I've made mistakes. I've made them. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to pastor that church. It's not me. I can't do it. I'm just going to have to live in your plan and trust in your power to do what you want. I don't know what God has in store. I don't know what God has in plan for this church or you or I. But I know if we trust in God, put a faith in God, and let God lead us, he's going to take us down the right direction that he wants us to go. If you put your faith in me and your trust in me to me to lead you, we might as well go on down to the bar. Because I cannot lead you. I can't do it. It's going to have to be God. God is going to have to lead us. But you've got to put your faith in God's plan. You've got to put your faith in God's person. You've got to put your faith in God's power that he's able to do these things. And if God does not, we're going to be, we'll be just like every other church. If God does not breathe on us, we're going to fade away. Preaching will fade away. Singing will going to fade away. Teachers are going to fade away. If God does not breathe on us, we will fade away. That's why I'm looking forward to a revival, that God can breathe on us one more time. You say, well, we only revival once or twice a year. Well, you know what? Uh, God's revival, if God breathes on you, that's, that'll last you a good long time. I, I get a lot of good, you, let, let me tell you, what Sunday morning was a good Sunday morning. The Spirit of God was moving real good, and I enjoyed that. I, 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 we, just, we just pray and go home. I thought that was so good, so... Uh, God's spirit still moves, but we've got to trust him. Let God lead us to where we need to go. It's not ourselves. It's not you. It's not me. certainly not me. But we're going to have to trust in God's plan. What he has in store for us, we just have to follow. Amen.